0: Welcome to uh, another podcast, "Burning Bridges" with Bridge Burner, um, uh, level design and game development uh, uh, show. And today, very special guest, uh, very honoured to have uh, one John Romero um, coming and talk to us. Hello, John. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, no, very uh, awesome to have you. Um, you know, one of the one of the godfathers of the of the genre. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. You look at your early you know early works. You got your know, Wolfenstein, Doom, and Quake. Three pretty iconic IPs that really, you know, made a massive mark on uh, on the gaming world. Um, what would you? What was one thing from each of those um, games that uh, you think they did like uniquely well? Like something specific to
1: each one? Jeez, um, let's see. Um, early works. Let's see. Wolfenstein was my eighty seventh game, <laughs> so there was a lot of level design before Wolfenstein. Okay. Um, so we, it was smart that we used the same level editor um, to make Wolfenstein's levels uh, that we, the same one that we used to make Commander Keen's levels. All the seven Commander Keen games. Okay, that's so true. yeah, it, the the level editor had thirty three shipped commercial games. Made with it.
0: I so, don't know. Didn't realize um,
1: there was that much beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolfenstein is game number eighty-seven for me. Right, right, right. Um, I started making games in seventy-nine, so I made games, you know, for a while, thirteen years before Wolfenstein. Right, right. Um, so yeah, so level design was done in a two D level editor, and the levels were basically made overhead. So. Uh, so there were blocks, you know, yep. um, kind of representing each of the different tiles. So I think for level creation, that was the best the best we could do. Uh, it matched the technology perfectly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like getting the engine to the speed that it was um, was was pretty great, considering it was our third first person shooter at that time. We'd made two before Wolfenstein. And um, and so it was great to, I think it was great to get that speed. That was like the number one driving decision, I think, that was probably the smartest one. We were trying to replicate the original Castle Wolfenstein from 1981 and uh, just do it in 3D. And we started putting a bunch of stuff from the original game in there. And at one point we decided we need to remove anything from this game Hmm. that slows it down. Yep. Because the speed was unlike anything that anyone had seen before. So slowing the game down wouldn't be as impressive as keeping up that speed as much as possible. So we removed all of those things that were like the original Wolfenstein and uh, and just focused on just speed and mowing down Nazis. So that's basically the smartest thing that we did, I think, uh, was choosing... Uh, to use an editor that was already created, so that saved us a lot of time making levels. It had a ton of features. We'd used the editor already for a year and a half, maybe, something like that. And then focusing on pure speed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was Wol- Wolfenstein's decisions. And Doom's decisions, well, that game did so many things. <laughs> it's not even There's not even one thing that you can say we did best on Doom you know, maybe multiplayer could be considered probably the biggest thing that is that's still happening today. You know, multiplayer gaming, mm-hmm. um, multiplayer FPSs. That was the first one. So um, that was probably the biggest decision. It was funny cause it was the last one. The last things we put in the game was multiplayer. So, uh, yeah, it was, know, a, good one. Know, it was a good one.
0: A <laughs> good one to slip in there at the end.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we had to go through all the levels and modify them all after we put multiplayer in because we had co-op and we had deathmatch and we needed to modify every level to support those modes Mm -hmm. as as best as we could, as fast as possible. Um, So maybe multiplayer was probably Doom's best thing. Um, And then uh, then with Quake, um, geez, what was the best thing we did with Quake? Uh, Internet? multiplayer yeah probably it was you know it was it's the thing that everybody's still doing it was also the first full 3d texture map uh shooter that was super fast so those were kind of the two big things that mouse look was huge uh, yeah like that the look around. um you know having that
0: multiplayer component just extends the replayability of of a product so so much um mm-hmm. and you know people still playing Quake one in, in classic doom tournaments today um you know uh, yeah. it's, it's still a you know, small but pretty thriving uh community even yep. you know almost three decades later yeah um so yeah that um yeah <laughs> just crazy good, good decisions <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so um yeah we we here primarily to, to talk level design so um you know going back to going back to doom because that, that's that's my passion that's that's the game that i i love um uh, out of out of those those three um you know e1m uh, sorry episode one of, of doom one is probably probably my favorite in terms of like from a design perspective level design perspective the, the levels flow really well um the space is a um and despite having the limited bestiary you know for the first episode um the combat's pretty you know fun and engaging um because uh, because it does have that fast fast pace and you know you made all but one one level i think uh in that episode what mm-hmm. was what yeah. was that was there a, was there a process there like obviously you said you know, like you said you had a, actually had a lot of experience at this point um maybe not so mm-hmm. much in specifically fps but did you just go in and just make what felt fun or did you have uh more of a like Uh, Considered process and and how you design those those maps
1: Um Making dooms levels was a really long process at the beginning because no one had ever seen anything like it So there was nothing that we could look at that was comparable So the beginnings of level of of making levels in doom Were they looked like wolfenstein levels? Mm. Basically there are 90 degree walls and fixed heights (laughs) even Even the lighting was kind of you know, not really different so um one you know just because they were it was kind of in a rut one day I decided that I was going to try and solve the problem of of uh how what are we going to do with the levels because it's critical that they are really great the engine can do so much stuff we need to focus on how to take advantage of that so one day I basically sat down and created a a room that it was not Wolfenstein-ish. You know, it was a completely uh, new room. It's still in, in the game. It's in E1-M2. And uh, and it was kind of a tall room. It had places where uh, imps could throw fireballs down at you and had exploding barrels and a switch to open up doors to get out of the room and stuff. Is that and the room uh, like right at the end, just
0: before the last room? That kind of octagonal Yeah, shit? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the elevator, right? Yep,
1: yep, yep. Down? Yeah, and you've
0: the high, high angle of attack
1: points with the yeah. M's there, yep. So I made that room... When I made the room first, I didn't have the elevator there, so you walked in on the bottom. And uh, and I thought it looked really cool compared to all the stuff that we had that we had made so far. Mm. It was just Tom and I doing level design. Um, it looked really good, and and so I called in the artist and Tom, and they came in, and, and they are just like, yeah, that looks really great. So I was like, okay, this is this is what we need to do. We need to, like, this is like abstract level design style stuff. We're not trying to make realistic things. We need to make stuff that just looks cool and is fun to play and can look Mm anyway, just as long as it looks cool and and is interesting. But there was so much to, um, there was so much to do with that. I mean, just trying to make stuff look cool was, was one thing like, using the editor you know you're trying to like the editor was nothing like doom builder it was you know not hurt the stories well, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was quakes quakes level letter was the painful one doom's okay. level editor was not bad doom's was pretty nice in fact one of the things that that uh that we had was a flood fill function which mm-hmm. doesn't exist in doom builder so i could have the uh i could have a uh Whatever the current sector settings are, just sitting on the screen. And whenever I wanted to apply those, I could just click the mm. flood fill button, click in the screen, and it would just fill the room and touch all the lines that were facing in or whatever, facing out, it didn't matter. But it would, whatever the facing line segment was, whether it was the front or back of the lines, it would set the sector side Mm. on that on that on those lines so it was really nice i could just draw lines not worrying about like what sectors they're pointing to or anything like that and then just fill Mm. and the whole room is now set to the sector i have on the side and if i want to pick up a sector i can just like click in a room and it sets the sector thing up to the sector that all those lines have or the majority of lines have yeah, it makes it quite easy to do uh, to do your blockouts that, with that, doesn't it? You just, you're not, like you say, not worry yeah. about
0: specifics and just start throwing down lines. Like, I want this to kind of look like this, and this would be fun to run around in. And,
1: yeah, it's funny. I really don't do level design that way. Um, I actually try to make it look good. Like, when I start, I try to make a room look good. And a lot of times, like, if I'm starting to level, I start making that room the way... Like, I'm trying to come up with a thematic style that that level could have and i start doing it in that first room and so i start to play around with it um i don't do i don't i i never try to just block out a level because the way i make levels is slowly and incrementally and Mm. running the game a million times so i start making a room uh i start figuring out what's going to go in it i start putting that stuff in that Mm. room and i start to kind of go outside the room, what's going to happen when I go outside this room, what do I want to see, is there a door, you know mm. um, Your um, your process is so, actually very similar to mine I, I, I hate doing
0: walkouts, I've done one map like that, and <laughs> it, that one did go well, but I, I'd get stuck into what, what looks cool, and, you know, you get excited about, you know, just making a cool pillar or a cool door or something, and then yeah. similar similar to you, you know, start in the centre and start you know, iterating out around like, start with this concept, and there, what's outside do I want to put windows there, what are they going to see and um, yeah. yeah, it's like definitely can resonate with that with that, um, that design philosophy. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just run it over and over and over again yep. a million times. So I want to see everywhere that I can move what I can see from that point. Maybe mm. I want to hide something, Mm-mm. you know? Like, oh, people probably won't look this way. I'm going to put a trigger over here or something, yep. um, which is something I did in Sigil um, when I was trying to hide the Sigil lie that you have everywhere.
0: <laughs> um, so... Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, it, uh, I was quite surprised to see that you actually didn't make any levels for, for episode two and three. But getting into episode um, um, four, I four, <laughs> got there eventually, um, you know, there was a marked increase in difficulty for, for episode four um, and yeah. you know, much nastier looking maps, you know, really playing on the health themes. And it is, you know, yeah, um, uh, you know, there's got some of my definitely my favorite maps, you um, uh, and all of doing one and turn, you know, from a from a combat perspective, particularly, um, yeah, you know, map one, two, and and six, and you know, you made two of those maps. Um, was it a conscious decision? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get nasty this time.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Everyone had already played the the first three episodes, and so we figured we'll do more difficult levels, and it was not as. Tightly designed, or it wasn't as tightly like it wasn't as consistent because um, we had geez five six level designers yeah, doing it the a, levels. Quite a mix there. Yeah. It was an American. <laughs> it was me. It was Sean. It was Tim. John Anderson, maybe. Um, yeah, five people. So the levels were like whatever difficulty, mm-hmm. and we just put them in an order that kind of um. Felt not difficult wise, but size wise. So level one is pretty small. Level two is a little bit bigger, but Mm. still a small level, you know. And it kind of went up to like six is pretty big. Yep. Um, So it was kind of size wise, but the difficulty didn't didn't match.
0: No, well, Uh, the first two maps are arguably the hardest. Um, Very hard. I (laughs) I I remember playing that as a kid. You know, as a teenager, and like the first time I beat. You know, map two and, and you know, killed everything in it, and all those barons. There's so many barons. I just, I, was, I felt yeah, so yeah. good. I was just, uh, I actually really liked how it started off, you know, kicking your teeth in.
2: Yeah,
0: and, and the then it, throwing, you, yeah. oh, yeah. just, just <laughs> great. And yeah, you know, that first map's got no health, and then there's that nasty secret, the nine-inch nail secret. Was like, ha, have more barons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I, I, I still hear people raging was, about it today. <laughs> that was, and that was uh, six hours to make that map it's a good map that's that's really good yeah that's it's it's, <laughs> it's claustrophobic and and nasty in a way that i can definitely get behind um so um yeah you yeah, know doom one was obviously a, a, a real hit and, and and changed um the landscape of, of of the fps genre but then doom two well at least from my perspective was the one that really made the big impact and and was the the longevity came from doom two um and obviously, a big part of that was the increased bestiary. Um, what was it like? Uh, yeah, what was the pro- like? You had all these new toys, essentially. You know, um, was it? Uh, yeah. You know, did you just just start throwing these ex- different monsters around, or was it a bit more well thought out how you're using them and revealing them throughout the throughout the uh, the game?
1: Yeah, yeah. Even even with Doom One, there was you know we need monsters that do these things. We need to hit scan. We need projectile. Um, we need really tough tanks. That are bosses um and so we did that with the first one to kind of even it out and it was cool that when when we introduced the boss of the first episode we did two of them mm, I like so that, that was a big surprise <laughs> um doom two was let's not mess up the con let's not mess up the weapon the weapons at all let's add a new one that's really cool but not go nuts like mm. we need to just add one because just it would be it would be pretty tough to balance another set of seven weapons yep. so um, we just wanted to do one because we could see that a double barrel shotgun a combat you know would, would be better than the combat shotgun and uh, and give us like the combat shotguns great for long distance yep. then we make the double barrel great for short mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and then with the monsters, You know, like, we have these weapons. We don't have to worry about a bunch of new ones. Um, What monsters are we going to put in here? And they all need to do something special or different. So they all do. They all do something special. The original Doom monsters are kind of basic. And then these are more advanced ones, you know, like the Revenant punching and launching rockets and the the, um, Pain Elemental spewing out lost souls, you know, in the arch vial, uh, crazy, arch yeah, you know? <laughs> no, like, crazy so they all they were all thought of you know deliberately to do different cool things that we could figure out what what kind of situations to put them in
0: because like i think and that's what like, you can again you go back to longevity of the of the of the game like doom 2 there every monster of those new ones does something specific and different and there's so much fun to use and i still think it's probably the best best bestiary of of any game um with that because of that variety um and um you know they're not just like you know like saying do one like the baron was just essentially a big tough up um so sim- yeah. you know very similar mechanically but then you know the revenant has a different attack you know to the mancubus to the Arachnatron, to the you know pain elemental you know some you know yeah, spawning yeah. new monsters and then the archfile with its resurrection and its line of side attack like just yeah kept things okay. very very interesting in a good way. Um, one thing um, I did like in Doom Two as well. It felt like um, uh, you know. and This is going back to the shit that looks cool kind of concept. Um, you know, take a map like Gotcha. We walk in and it's this great presentation. <laughs> yeah. the, the great duel. Oh my God. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's like why are these monsters here fighting? Um, like was that just a? I imagine it was just some idea that popped into your head. This would be pretty fucking cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just. I, I, it just. It's funny because that map has teleporters all over it too. So um, when I was making that level, I started in the little like castle thing at the very beginning mm-hmm. that you come out of and then go on the platform to like, okay, I'm going to open this door. I'm like, what am I going to see behind the door? That's going to be actually cool. Because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted the level to be kind of outside. So this wasn't going to be a big in- indoor piece of it. Um, so if you're going to go indoor, what can I do? That would be really cool. Like, in big. Um, so I thought, you know, we have not had those two characters <laughs> fighting each other. Because, like, they do, you know, all, all the other monsters fight each other and <clears> you <throat> see them a lot more. Yep. And these two are bosses. And you never see two bosses fighting each other. So I'm like, bosses Let's fighting do each yeah. <laughs> other so would be really cool. It's like, and the thing is, you need to get near them, which makes it crazy. You know, the fact that you have to flip that switch hmm. that's right next to them. Yep. And they're like killing each other. It's like okay, so it's a timed thing. You can't let one of them die because then you're dead. Mm. So you need to get up there and flip that switch while they're going nuts. So you got to get them. They can't see you, or you're dead. So you need to get them killing each other to be able to flip that switch and get out of there. So I thought that was a really fun mm. puzzle, and uh, and that was the way. Like that's the way out of that level, yes. or that part of the level. And then, a, uh, and, then an come, and then an
0: archer comes. And then a comes out through the door. You're like. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, um you know, the foot. yeah, and then, and there's a baron there as well, it's like, you know, the four scariest kind of monsters in the in the in the um the the area just there all at the start and you're like, Well <laughs> I guess this, that's that's yeah, how we're going I do?
2: through
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, the, the yeah, gotcha. Um yeah, that I <laughs> I love that kind of like you know, it is a bit of a gimmick, but it's it's you know, just so cool. And like you you, know, like you say, you, start, you walk up to that door and you're like, What's behind here? And it's this big facade yeah. but it's kinda mysterious and then you're inside and then the pillars are there and then they're slowly like it's just yeah it was a great reveal
1: Oh um (laughs) speaking of great it was i wanted the rest of that level to be really fun too Mm, you know it wasn't like you get past that and it's easy it's it's still tough there's teleporters there's all kinds of crazy going through that one building on the side. Oh, there's know, some a mean traps on that one. map. You
0: know, where you're coming down you go into yeah. that teleporter is that small lift and you're coming down, you're surrounded by shotgun guys and yeah.
2: You know, it's
1: like, Oh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess I'm dead. <laughs> and there's that yeah, you know, the room with the cacos and the pain elementals and even the endings like a re quite a yeah, you know, with the yeah. catwalk run and um yeah, you know, it's it's you remember the the the, that beginning part but then the rest of the map yeah it's still yeah really intricate and uh, definitely still um, tough yeah, yeah it's still, <laughs> still tough and um yeah it's definitely one of my favorites and um speaking of great reveals um yeah my favorite doom 2 map is definitely the living end um oh, and, yeah. and it's just the perfect kind of you know s- that small start the little lift the music coming down down, down and then you see this yeah. huge you know, cavern, Helvester. The
1: room, yeah, the room is massive. Oh, it's and you're awesome. going to go around the edge of it. Yeah. Oh, it's just, a, you <laughs> know... All stuff is still coming at you. Shooting at you, you know. and you've got
0: to keep moving. Like, you know, it's this journey map, but it also pressures you, and there's you know, lots of interesting side areas, and you've got to earn your access to that central yeah, yeah. central spire. Um, and then there's a cyber demon. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, was there a... a um, was that something you planned to have that kind of reveal or was it just kind of a natural process? I wanted to you know, just start in the middle and kind of build out or what was the uh, process? No, going? I
1: started at the beginning, like the beginning of the level is where I started. And when I got up to, you know, when I got to the, the end of that first point, that's where I was thinking, what am I going to see? And then, and i um, uh, I was just like, I want a huge room here at the end. Hmm. And so I made a really big room and, you know, and then I was, this is, it's funny because E4 and 2 basically uses the level 29 stuff, which is stuff that's just flying at you. You know, here at the beginning of the level, but stuff is just flying through the air at you and you got to like, you know, you're going to piss everybody off at some point. Um, so I basically made the huge room and then, and then it was like, well, that's the destination. Mm. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the island out there. And have stuff thrown at you. And then that will be the destination. Yep, uh, That will be the end of the level. So what am I going to do you know, di- you know, right after the beginning here? So um, then I decided, why don't I just go along the edge and have all these little areas off the edge that you go into and solve puzzles and mow stuff down. Mm. And uh, just do that all the way. It's like a journey thing. And, uh, and then eventually you'll be able to go out onto that to do the final yeah, thing. And but if you can shoot rockets and everything from any of those points, you can kind of help yourself mm. out later, you know, if you can waste some ammo and hit stuff from long distance.
0: Mm. No, it's a good, uh, uh, you yeah, know, it's quite a classic concept, you know, um, these days, like that kind of like gradual upward progression, you know, that environmental storytelling that you know might not necessarily be plot related, but that, that sense of journey, Uh, through the map and you're seeing that central island from different angles like you know that foreshadowing and you're getting close and you can feel the goal and you know the combat getting spiced and yeah it's just it's it's a great map and you know pretty much the perfect finish um, uh, to do. <laughs> <Thanks. so>, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when I was young, like a, uh, a friend of mine who introduced me to Doom And He was obsessed with that map to the point where he actually made like a D and
1: layout from it. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. um, yeah, there's so much going on. Yeah, you can just survive each of the little gauntlets. You know. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like perfect, like little <laughs> encounter up and you, your party wanders through. And yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um. So obviously, um, you know, at this point, um. You know, the the Doom franchise, um, you know, uh, was was coming to a close at least temporarily, um, and you, you'd move to you're moving on to Quake, and like well, I have played a little bit of Quake. It's not it's it's not my favorite, i definitely definitely like I said, more of a Doomer. But um, from a design perspective, like it must have been quite tricky moving to something that was true 3D in terms of the presentation. Like we you know Doom is a 3D engine; it has a z-axis, but uh-huh. um, Quake you can actually build in 3D space. What was the, the kind of learning curve there in terms of, you know, from a, you know, from a level design perspective now all of a sudden you can make, have, you know, monsters coming from above, below, all, you know, 360 degrees. <laughs> um, and, the, um, and the player can yeah, get the, more easily lost.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the first thing we had to solve was just the scale. Um, because when we... Because making levels in Quake was way longer than making them in Doom because in Doom you just draw some lines and set the sector and boom, it's nice and easy. In Quake, you have to put every wall, Mm. all six pieces to make a room and then you got to put a light in there to light it up and you got to play with the attenuation and all that stuff. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of work just to make a simple room. So magnify that across the entire level and you're trying to push, you know, push design Uh, 3d design for the first time to full true 3d um and that was one of the nicest things about the engine is because it was a real 3d engine there were no tricks Mm. pulled the way that doom had a lot of tricks that that were that people could pull in doom um like invisible floors and all that kind of stuff you know in other engines like outlaws and duke uh use like a trick to do rooms over Mm. other rooms um but, but it was like Quake is the real thing. There's, it's real, true space. It just takes longer to build those. And Quake Ed, um, it, because I needed to make an editor fast fast for our team to use uh, to make levels, I couldn't make a Maya or something crazy. Mm. It's like I needed to actually make something <laughs> we could start using quickly. So we really had one view. Two, like We had a 3D view. We had the overhead view that looks from the ceiling straight down. And then we had a side view that is like the side of the level, mm. but it was a bizarro, like wherever you put this X on the screen, whatever brushes it was touching, those would be shown on the Z, the up mm. and down, so, kind and like so you can sec- move them around. Kind of like a cross-section. Yeah, cross yeah. yeah, it's a cross-section. Yeah, it's a cross-section. But if you made a, a level that was too vertical, it was just a mess of lines. <laughs> you know? So you couldn't go crazy vertical. Right. So that was... That's why you didn't see that many vertical levels in Quake, just because you know we're trying to trying to get the game done. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we could have done was have like when we when we were doing when I was doing levels later, we modified the level editor so you could just you could kind of close in a piece of the level in BSP that quickly and just test that little piece. So it could be just a floor of the mm-hmm. level that we could test. We couldn't do that in Quake one at it while we were making the game, so we kind of kept things vertically not too crazy. Where later on we can actually go crazy mm. doing actual like office buildings and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it's a powerful, um, powerful engine. Yeah, engine. Yeah, and it looks really good. Sounds great. Uh, the physics were really great. Mm. You know, the the um, grenade launcher sounds like it, <laughs> like it's a real place. <laughs> yeah, just That's the sound. the sound of it bouncing and everything um but level design was a lot a lot harder took a lot more time and if you messed up with your scale you have to like kind
2: Mm, of harder to rework
1: it's hard yeah because you can't so when you play with trench broom uh in in any like 3d stuff nowadays you can like extrude Mm. surfaces so you're just like i want to take the surface and pull it because it's not big enough yeah you couldn't do that couldn't do that You could do that in the Quake ad. You couldn't, like, just resize a brush. You could draw it again. Right. Um, So delete and do it again. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. do it again. And it was nice... it was nice that you could uh, that the that the textures were in world coordinates, so you don't have to realign textures mm. every time you have that new brush. Yep. So that really was so helpful because it would have been the, a full on nightmare <laughs> if we had to set the texture alignment every single time we put a brush mm. down. So it was world coordinate aligned. Um, But, yeah, like if you wanted anything to happen in the level, like you wanted to have a door move, like to open. Because we could do whatever we wanted with doors. It wasn't like Doom or Wolfenstein where they were just like one Mm. type of door. Um, We could do anything we wanted. We could have them rotate. We can have them open like this, open like this, anything really. Mm. Um, But but then again, when it comes to designs, like, well, you don't want wacky doors everywhere. People would be sick of that. So we have to settle on... How are we going to do doors? Mm. And you know, how are we going to do secret doors? So the secret doors are the ones that like pop the in and, slides, and slide, slide yeah. sideways. Yeah, because
0: you want you yeah. want that design consistency that the player gets familiar with. Like, ah, that's a door that I can open, and I know that's a progression point. You can do that with like color coding yep. and stuff. But like, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, you yeah, know, you've got this new engine with all this power. You know, all this this you know, new scope, that's potential there. But then you've got that dichotomy against it's a harder engine to work in. Did you did you have yep. to like make conscious decisions and curtail your ambition with, with some of your level ideas? Um,
1: well we when we were making the game at the beginning, if we were trying trying to make levels, we actually had to kind of scrap them because the engine just kept on getting better and our levels were kind of too simple. Right. Um and also the scale uh of our levels changed. So the earliest levels we don't have them because we didn't use them. So we really, after about a year of working on the engine is when the levels really started being created for the final stuff. And I know that I had um, one level that I had kept just because there was a lot of good geometry in it. Um, But it was funny, the part that I kept some of the part, like one of the parts specifically that I kept was not as uh, well designed for scale as the rest of all the levels. And I'm like, this is a really good part of the level. I really like it. So I'm just going to keep it and it's not scaled well, but maybe people won't notice it too much. It was on E2M6. Um, it was just one of the sections, but it was like a multi-floor design that I had taken from another level. Too, too cool um, to delete. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, well, well, I don't have time to rescale this because it's insane to, you have to rebuild it, you mm. know? So, um, it was, uh, it, I just decided to, to, to keep with it because it wasn't too badly off from scale. But uh, but yeah, it was – I mean when you think about how – like when you come off the slip gate and you go down the ramp into the next room, the ramp that's there, I had to draw a uh, – on the screen, I draw a rectangle. I slice the rectangle at the ramp mm. incline, right? slice it, rotate it, <laughs> and then rotate <laughs> it like this and then use the z thing to lower it down into place <laughs> right that's for everything in the game every brush in the game had to be moved multiple times to get into place it's like um uh, like you couldn't just real world construction like trying to place
0: precast. because I, I work in construction yeah. it's, like, it's like it sounds like you get this bit of precast concrete that you make flat that gets poured and then it gets picked yeah, up by yeah. a crane and spun around and yeah there you
1: go. <laughs> yeah it's how it's what i had to do um and it's like in everything that you draw is not at the correct coordinate that you want it to be. So if I draw a brush somewhere, I have to then move it into place. It's mm. not being drawn exactly where we want it to be. Um, and that's just because we, you know, I made the editor pretty quickly and didn't throw a bunch of features in there because we needed to start making levels. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really long and difficult and those levels, um, you know, they're they're really, really fun levels for what we had mm. to make the levels with. Oh plenty, plenty of people. But they were design, people yeah, we had design rules though. Like the, the design rule in Doom is that you can't be looking at a room that you could have made in Wolfenstein. <laughs> and in Quake you, you know, in Quake you can't be looking at a room in Quake that you could have made in Doom.
0: Well, I mean that's not a bit yeah. that's actually pretty good design philosophy because of, that, all the games yeah. look very different and you can it's not like they've gotten objectively, you know, better with each iteration like it, each one has their own fans because yeah. they're unique and, and they feel unique and they play their own way and and you know completely different visually yeah. like quakes all dark and grimy and has that delicious nine inch nails you know Trent Reznor resnal sound design and then doom's very vibrant and exciting and fast and um yeah it's it's it, yeah it's like, from you guys' perspective, I imagine it's like, we, we just want to make something different. <laughs> but from a player perspective, it's like, well, everything's just cool in its own right. And, it, yeah. It, yeah. It yeah. It was everything. funny.
1: There was, a, like, we always, we, we would make a game and then make a sequel and then move on to another game. Mm. So we did that with Keen, you know, Keen, the first Keen trilogy. Then we made the second Keen trilogy. Then we did Wolfenstein. Then we did Spirit Destiny. And now we moved on to Doom. Doom 1, Doom 2. Then we worked on Quake. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> And then, I and, then they, and then they made several quakes yeah it's like oh it's and stay they went quake. back to doom yeah, yeah. they um, came back to doom and it was funny there's an article from doom like during 1990 during 1995 there was an article and jay wilbur was talking to the journalist and he he basically said i'd be really surprised if we ever went back to doom uh, <laughs> you know because we always do a new thing yeah, you yeah. know
0: Um, So, um, and uh, uh, Before, quickly uh, Move on to Sigil uh, Which I actually, uh, took me a long time to play I actually only played it for the first time last week Um, uh you know uh just never found the time i'll like, oh, we'll get a, you yeah, know, i'll get around to it. We'll play it. so i, I, I played yeah. it, finally played it and um i had heard the stories about it was it was a uh, you know a lot meaner you know tight ammo you know um uh, <laughs> finickety so i went in with a bit of, a bit of forewarning so i wasn't too blindsided by that i was actually i was actually expecting to enjoy it less i actually had a lot of fun with it um because, like I said, I'm not a huge. I'm more of a Doom Two fan, and you know, going back to single barrel shotgunning barons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um But uh, I did actually. There are a couple of bits that I thought uh, that you know uh, were a little bit um, finickety, but overall, I, I did really enjoy. I enjoyed the challenge, um, and uh, you know, and the, there's some um, some real interesting visual designs there. But yeah, so for me, it did feel like a, a another kind of conscious step into a slightly different design philosophies in terms of um kind of maybe building off episode four uh, and the nastiness there and um, but what was uh <laughs> what was the conscious process like when you started making these maps was it like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be even meaner or was it just like this is what i think is fun um yep so well
1: everything i make a I- I think is fun. It has to be. Sure. <laughs> it has to be. Otherwise, why am I making it? Another good rule. <laughs> um, but the, d- the, the difficulty was from the very beginning, it was important to just for me to, to, to decide what is what is the difficulty going to be about? Like, what am I going to do? And my decision at that point was it needs to be so tough on ultraviolet that I might not be able to finish the level. Hmm. It needs to be that hard. Like, if I do finish the level, I should feel like, "Oh my god, that was so insane!" That's the design that I'm that I was going for. So I needed to re- retain the feeling of that uh, when I get to the end of the level. So when I so when I did it, I was always putting more stuff in because I felt like I had too much health. If I got past certain points, you know, mm. like I gotta feel like I'm gonna like I'm gonna die. Yep. yep. So um, and I do a lot of like. I don't just rush through everything. I I, I try to do things that that uh, like some smart players would do, where they'll go back and they'll leave stuff, yep. and they'll come back for it, and then come back fully healed or whatever, yep, yep, like yep. to a difficult point. Okay, so I don't I don't need that sphere
0: right now. I can leave that there and I'll come back,
1: you know, when I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, um, it definitely so it, has that yeah, feel. That, um, that was it was supposed to be really difficult mm. and the reason for episode one was because it was doom's 25th anniversary and I was going to celebrate doom one's 25th anniversary by making a doom episode. And so that's when I thought about where it would take place. It could have been like, Oh, it's between one and two or it's like, you know, you know, between two and three or whatever. I decided why not just do five Mm. and do it before doom two. So it can be like, you thought you were getting out, but you got sucked back in. You got to blast everything, and then you're going to go to Doom 2 mm. after that. And so, if uh, and then for me, the, the the next thing was, people have been making levels for 25 years. What can I do new in Sigil that people haven't seen before? That or not not much, or not at all. Mm. Um, and so I was like, you know what? People just don't use this shootable trigger much. You know, like. The first time I really used it was in E1M2 Secret Area to reveal the chainsaw mm, yep, yep. Uh, path, you know, and, uh, and it wasn't used much at all past that point. So I thought I want to use that, and I want to use I want to use a, um, I wanna use a uh, sprite that we haven't used that much that no one really saw an episode like in the first Doom that often. And Evil Eye used Evil Eye, which was used one or two times in the sure. original Doom. So I was like, I want to put something together that's a consistent design thing, using those two. And uh, and I think that it would be cool if that uh, if the players saw those that it was um, if if it's obvious, it is the way forward if you shoot it, and if it's hard to find, it's a secret that mm-hmm. you're sh- that you're finding if you shoot it. And then it was there was so much picky shit around. Um, how I, I have like multiple triggers that you are that you're having to hit to close <laughs> the door, yep, yep. you know, and you got to make sure that you trigger the thing that should be triggered before you trigger the door, mm. and you have to make sure I had to make sure that you couldn't like mess shoot at an angle and only hit one of them, you know, not yep. the other. And if you did hit one of them, it had to be the thing that opened yeah. the next place. So anyway, there was a ton of technical work trying to figure out. How to place them, where to place them, because they were all, they were in totally different places in there until the very end, where it was like, okay, you got to go through all the levels and do this to them to make Mm -hmm. them consistent, and they will never screw up. Yeah, well, um... so it's hard to mess them up now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, and like, you know, like, it's not, you know, I, you definitely see shoot switches in this particular map, is that that have that kind of trope where it's it's more common, but it's definitely not a common thing in just general Doom mapping uh, these days. And yeah, yeah. It, it really stood out as this is sigil the eye, the Baphomet eye shoots. It's yeah. often a progression point, <laughs> and it, it really it really stood out. Um, and I really liked it how I mean, the help that I, I knew about it, but yeah, you know, watching people play it for the first time is in that first room, in the first map, like it's you're locked in. Yeah, so yeah. one thing I've always you know set as a good good kind of like level one game design is if you've got a new mechanic you need to present it to the player the first time in a really obvious fashion um and that way they learn you learn really quickly in those first you know those first three or four (laughs) of them ah this is this this is a thing that's going to be happening a lot (laughs) i'll pay attention to bathroom
1: you you kill everything in there and it's like well there's this eye thing Hmm. (laughs) yes nothing else to do i'll shoot that door opens and then when you finally wipe wipe out those uh shotgun dudes and you go to the thing there's one in front of you yes you know so you're like oh I'll shoot that one too and then you get to mm. the next thing there's another one from there yeah, yeah, yeah. you yep. know so it's like I just with three of them you're totally trained mm. that this is how you progress you are in and you are distinctly only able to progress with those first three if you don't find those first three you're not gonna get you're no. not gonna get far no, so you Even if you find that first secret yeah if you find that first secret um, you if you find the second secret from the first secret, then you can actually bypass two of those evil eyes, <laughs> but only if you find the secret inside the secret. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's like, well, you're obviously amazing, so you don't need to, you don't need to shoot those <laughs>
0: things. You're back. a doom god. Yeah. You, 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 you get a free yeah. pass. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it was, um it was very, uh, yeah, it was a good idea, I thought. And, um, and Baphne and eye is actually one of my favorite of the uh, original decorations. I love, I love that one.
1: Yeah. The evil eye. Yeah. yeah that's great.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: It really stood
0: out. Um, it, was the more, it was like
1: the only magical sprite in the game.
0: Yeah, it does stand out quite. Yeah, you know, it's not gore. It's it's not you know. It's not a torch. It's not a light source. It's yeah. this kind of mystical. You know, um, eldritch thing, and um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it still looks good today. Like it's really cool design, really iconic, um, and um, yeah, I love I love the bath mid eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we move on to some uh, some viewer questions. Uh, anything cooking up in the future?
1: Uh, sigil related?
0: two, sigil two. That is going to happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. nice, yeah. excellent. Yeah, got a, got a really cool map. It's so fun.
0: <laughs> so will that be really, more? Really good. Will that be more Doom one, or will Sigil two be Doom two?
1: Oh no, it's only Doom two. Yeah,
0: nice. Oh, I'm very excited then. You hear it here, folks. Um, sigil two is, is a thing. Um, any yep. ver- any kind of rough. Release dates or anything like that? Oh, that very still cards close to chest.
1: Yeah, not really. I can't put a date on it. It's definitely didn't happen. It didn't happen. What was it? This year. Is it this? Yeah, this year. Wait a minute. Am I wrong? This <laughs> what year what would you, be the 25th, right? From yeah, 25th. Yeah, I think so. Would yeah. it? 96? No, it was 2019. It was 2019. <laughs> yeah 2019 is when Doom 2 is so I'm already a couple
0: years (laughs) 30th (laughs) anniversary
1: but I think I think um, let me just clear my camera Um, I think that uh, it'll be worth it you know like when it comes out just because that's a lot of levels and I want to make sure that they have a really good consistency and progression and uh, and are just really challenging Mm. you know like you know they're fun to play, but it's it's you know it's kind of like a Doom two style a Doom two version of what you felt in some of those Sigil yep. levels. You know, would you um, say it'll be harder not, or easier
0: than Plutonia, or about that? Because Plutonia is still pretty mm. spicy. It's that you know, I think that's kind of the benchmark for old hard Doom. Um,
1: yeah, I'd say. Well, I don't know. I would compare it to Sigil one, the Doom two version. Mm. You know. It's got to be really hard for me to finish. <laughs> yep. um, oh, very
0: exciting. That's that's awesome. Um, and that was actually one of the first questions was actually that. So, um, all right, uh, next one. Um, this is from Warren, uh, when you first released Doom to the world, um, did you expect the franchise to stay a lo- as live for as long as it has, um, or did you not see it go any further uh, than Doom Two? Um, I think we did kind of cover this, like you got how you as a team kind of decided game expansion next. Um, yeah
1: yeah we didn't know we we had no idea that the games were going to live so long. We we basically um were just about making a better game, like make the make the next game, bam. <laughs> I like the Let me see that. Kate <laughs> How did you get that? <laughs>
0: um I got it as a birthday present from a friend. Um she sent it to me last wow. year. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realize that it was a sigil bug.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz we were selling that on our site. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I've had that for um <laughs> For over a year now, it's good. It's my it's my go to water <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's good um, size, nice weight. I love it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we yeah, um, we did not think that our games were going to last long. You know, um, that we would just move on and make the next game and make the next game. But it was funny that with Quake, um, Doom was just like the perfect game to mod to make levels for. And then when he moved to Quake. It's like wow. So modders really need to get really good mm. at making stuff, and that that narrows down the, od- the 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 modding audience because you know some people might not want to put that much effort yeah. into making something. You know, like Doom is such a good uh, value for the amount of time yeah. it takes to make something. What you get out of it, and it's still always- is just a mm-hmm. shitload of work. Mm-hmm um and you know <laughs> even with doom builder or trench for trench room makes it a lot easier but it's yeah, still not as easy as doom
0: no like you say like doom is still a case throw down four lines bang you've got a playable space instantly um you know yeah. lit- literally yeah. seconds and you know i will always point people to doom as like if you want to learn how to make levels for anything start with doom it's easiest just, way to do it you know lowest barrier to entry um the editor is you know the ultimate doom builder is just an absolute palatial work of art
1: to use it's, it's, it's fantastic
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good it's,
1: um, it's almost like people that want to learn how to program one of the easiest best ways that you could do that is to just use an 80s computer that like when you turn it on is ready to be programmed you mm. just start typing code yeah, yeah. you don't need just to run an IDE yep. anything you just start typing that's you all know? you can do yeah um, just go for it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Um. I think uh, the next question was from Remy. Was, uh, uh, how hard was the shift from Doom engine to Quake engine, um, and how long did it take you to adapt to the new tools? I think we, we covered that one off pretty well. Um, it was hard.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of work. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, uh, one from uh, one John Sweetpea. Do you plan on? Do you still plan on making a new Quake map anytime soon? Uh, especially with the twenty fifth anniversary, uh, having just passed. Not
1: timed. Not timed with it. Because it's already past that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, the twentieth anniversary. Was it twenty fifth? Twenty fifth anniversary just happened like a couple of weeks ago, something. Yeah, it just yeah. happened on June twenty second. Um, but I know that that's like the next thing after Sigil two is nice. most likely going to be that. Oh that'll yeah. be awesome. Like keep the keep the quake fans happy. Um, oh, that's fantastic. I'll, yeah, I'll have a more. Uh, I'll have a better time at it because <laughs> you know, Trench Broom's amazing. Yep um and there's some really great uh you know arcane dimensions is such a great um you know a great example like this is this is pretty badass like yeah, this is yeah. what has to you know like, if i'm going to make a level i need to make something this is the comparable bar this to, is the bar yeah yeah. that's um, so where the bar is at yeah like that
0: um there's that map tears of the forgotten god i think one of the latest arcane dimensions maps it's just it's a work of art incredible what they can do yeah. with it um <laughs> even even someone who's not a huge fan of Quake like me, I'm like, mm, yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that's really nice, yeah. Um uh,
0: from Lemon Lytical, uh, what's your opinion on the uh, wave of um kind of uh you know, actual standalone games being made in G Z Doom? Uh, got things like Adventures of Square, um, Hedon, which has been out for a while, and then some there's some new ones coming out, Salako, Age of Hell, um, Brilliance Frontier. You know, is, is that something that you're paying much attention to?
1: Um, not the, not the GZ Doom ones. Um, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of really cool, like the GZ Doom, um, like native format mm. that they've extended it to be basically Quake-like. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, but I haven't been looking at like, what have people been doing to make like different games with it? Cause you could mm-hmm. totally do that. Oh, there's a there's um, a serious wave of them about to
0: come out over the next couple of years. I can think of at least like six nice. real high quality, and they, they're all different as well. Um you, know, you can dig in there and find the, their Doom roots if you want to, but you know, they're, they're, at the finished <laughs> product level, they've, they've got their own feel and you know, they're genuine standalone games. It's um, it's got to be very cool nice. actually. And I think it might actually put it on yeah. the map as a genuine, you know, commercial game engine.
1: Um, yeah, good. that would be good. Mm,
0: more, 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 more games is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, like, um, uh, you know, being able to use Ultimate Doom Builder or you know, Doom Builder as a a game maker, uh, you know, if it's something you're familiar with, you, yeah. know, you can take that practice that you've had making m- m- mods and maps for Doom and turn it into, you know, a commercial enterprise. And I know um, with um, Graven, uh, Chris Holden would make the maps in Trench Broom and then export it as a model and then rework it in, in UE4. And, you know, those kind of workflows, are, I, f- I think, are really fascinating. Um you know, yeah, I think it's some untapped potential. Yeah, there.
1: yeah, it is. It is cool to do that. I remember um, Tom Hall when he was making Prey. Uh, the engine was being created at the same time, so he was using Quake to create the levels that he would then port over to mm. the new engine whenever it was done. Yeah, <laughs> just might as well, you well, know, like what you guys,
0: like what you guys did with Keen and Wolf, like use an editor that you're already familiar with, you know, and then yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rework it and you know tweak you know, whatever you have to do to, to make it into a different kind of play space Like you've gone from a side-scroller to a still fairly 2D, but you know, yeah. an FPS game And yeah, I think that's really interesting and...
1: It was pretty fast though I mean, we didn't need we we For the Wolfenstein levels when we did the overhead stuff We couldn't see it unless Wolfenstein was actually written So <laughs> luckily it only took, you know, a couple of weeks Before we could actually see those levels that we were making in 3D Nice
0: um from arthos uh have you got any plans to make a new standalone game anytime soon um yeah can't talk about it <laughs> but yes this thing's cooking <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean obviously you know there's the romero games company so you guys are you know actually i scrolled through your staff list the other days so actually a lot of people working there it's a big company
1: yeah, um, and, yeah um, we have 33 people
0: right now yeah, Emperor of Sin um, was released relatively recently and it you know, looked like that did, yeah. did, did well and you know, pairing up with Paradox must have been pretty cool for that
1: Yeah, yeah, great company Yeah, I'm a big
0: fan of Stellaris um, It's yes. probably my favourite 4X game it's,
1: <laughs> it's really, really great
0: Dangerously addictive <laughs> Yeah, I um, know yeah, It's like, yeah, I'll just play a game 50 hours later Oh. whoops <laughs> I know, it's crazy Yeah um, <laughs> Uh, so this one's from Antares, uh, I read the book Masters of Doom by David Kushner, it was a really enjoyable read Uh it said that you and Carmack playtested the very first multiplayer, uh, Doom, and I think you managed to frag Carmack's Doom guy first <laughs> Does this mean that you uh, had the very first frag in FPS?
1: Um, I think that he did because he was testing it himself before I got involved Right so he had to have two computers running so he could get the communication working, ah. and then shoot the other character, and then it, <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's how it works, you know. And then, and then he's like, hey, here, use this executable, and then type this to connect the computers together, and then we could actually see. Then I could actually see it and play with him. Um, so I'd say he had to, he, he killed himself for the first time. <laughs> Does that count?
0: Yeah, I not think we have a time. I know.
1: <laughs> first, the first frag was a person playing two boxes, killing themselves. It's like, it's like
0: someone playing chess against themselves. Like, I'm really good at
1: chess. Exactly. That's exactly it. what the first frag was. I can beat me every time.
0: Yeah, I'm a master. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and no this, this one will follow on uh, quite nicely this is from Zen, who's a, a big multiplayer fan. Um, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, Classic 2 multiplayer Grow over the decades uh, Co-op, deathmatch um, and then other community modes Like Catch the Flag um, Did the in-house games prior to release I guess it's like for me So Adding in the multiplayer components Did that Then lead to any changes to balances um, And you um, said you, you said you had no. to like go through and rework the levels To make them co-op compatible and deathmatch. Yeah
1: one Yeah one The thing that we had to do first was put all the spawn points in Mm. for the different modes because we had co-op and deathmatch. So I had to put a lot of deathmatch spawn points in, had to put the four player starts, had to put uh, some extra weapons and and some extra ammo and some extra health. But we didn't do a lot of that. So, um, you know, so it was just like, well, because you can respawn at the beginning, Mm. if you die You know, if you die, you just get to play. You get to start again with full health and all that stuff, and just catch up to where Mm. you your your buddy is. And we thought, you know, that's for this first version of of multiplayer stuff. That's probably good enough, so we don't have to have we worry about um, other other things to solve the problem where there's so many people. There's four people, and they're eating health and they're eating Mm. ammo and all that kind of crap. So we're just like, we'll keep it simple. You start out with stuff already, yep. and if you, you know, if the level's mostly wiped out, uh, you still just have that stuff if you can mm-hmm. exit. So it was really, really simple. Um, what we did—it was funny. One of the one of the games, there were two really cool games that were made. That well, one of them was was one of them internally. Um, I created this idea. Um, I think it was an iron Storm when it came up with the idea. Um, I call it exit match. So if you play co-op with, with friends, mm. the, the and you, you're all basically trying to get the highest score, all four of you or whatever, right? You're trying to get the highest score, but each of you can only get one point on a level. And mm. that point is whoever flips the switch. Hmm. So,
0: like, it's competitive. It's pretty much speedrunning, then, isn't it?
1: Well, <laughs> it is. it's competitive. <laughs> it's also telling everybody else that someone's about to like win, <laughs> and, and everybody's stopping that person. Right? <laughs> it's also like letting someone flip the switch that opens the door right next to you to yeah, go yeah. progress, you know, or to speedrun or whatever. Right? That could be fun so in a deathmatch like mode, chaos. so you can actually
0: kill each other as well.
1: Well, no, you still you can still I think you can still kill each other. Mm. Um, you still you still die. But you get no frags, like so. It yeah, means yeah. nothing. It's just about right? delaying because, yeah, delay. And in, it in, um, <coughs> does sound like fun. Yeah, actually. because the way that because the, the way that we played was you could kill the other player because you could kill your teammates. So mm. we have team damage. Because if someone's about to get to the exit, you need to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so quite tempted to chaos, set up a, a round of this. <laughs> it's insane. The chaos of that mode is so fun. Yeah. It is. It's. It's like some of the most fun co-op I've ever played mm. in anything is this exit match it's idea. Matched. And I'm, it's never been formalized either. I'm going to steal that. You um, know?
0: I think we're going to have a... I'm thinking we it.
1: That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's, it's informal. You yeah, know, yeah. like there's no frag count because you're in co-op and, and basically you just have a score pad and you have all the levels and you're like whoever... You know, you just have the, the names of the players across mm. the top and you have the levels vertical... And you just, they get a check you know, for one or whatever. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the goal you're all fighting monsters together at the yes, beginning. Yes, it's yes. all like, all right, yeah, buddy. And, it team a little empty. <laughs> and you're like, why are you going to that teleporter? <laughs> we yeah. all know these levels, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, you're going to get this BFG so you can wipe us all out and hurry up and get to the exit. You know, We're not looking just, like, you
0: can that pulls out double
1: shotgun. <laughs> yeah. That does sound like fun. It is insane. That does sound it's like It's the fun. most fun thing. And then the other level, uh, the other um, game mode was called Death Tag, which turned into Skull Tag. Right. And Death Tag was created at Duango um, from uh, Aikman, was the guy who came up with that. And that was so fun. It's a two-on-two team team play. Mm. and And it is flipping switches and getting scores. So you can actually flip switches and get a score. And it's all about, like, there's two castles, and because it's just a two player, two players on each team, because we're limited to four players mm. in one castle. There's two castles. In each castle, is a defender and an attacker from each team, right? <laughs> so it's like, sounds like somebody's a, trying to flip a switch, like a precursor to, to capture
0: the flag point. kind of thing. You know, um, it is. You know, it is tactical it is. play between between teams and objective based kind of gameplay. Yeah, and um, a multiplayer. So the scene. way it
1: worked was there was a bunch of lava that you're dead, like it's the hardest lava that you can step in, mm. right? The 20%, 30% one. And, uh, and so you have to you have to run out over this lava to get to a point where a platform is going to slowly raise, <laughs> so you're a target, right? <laughs> and the thing is, you can only get on the lava if you have uh, – you can only get on there if you have a radiation suit. So there's a radiation suit in each castle behind the bars, and your buddy needs to go to the other castle mm. and flip the switch that opens the bars in the other castle, yep. right? And so there's a defender in that yeah, yeah. in that castle ready to kill whoever tries to flip that switch, mm-hmm. right? But there's also a person trying to get to the um, the, the suit as well. Oh. So right, there's always a suit person and a defender person. Absolutely. And it's cool. just, it's, in, it's insane. So it's called Death Tag, Death Tag, which then turned into Skull Tag. And there's just permanent Skull Tag servers now. And there's yeah. also a source port of Doom called Skull Tag. That's really smooth and everything, and is all about that mode of the game. Mm. It's it is really, really, really fun. No, it's cool. But like the exit you know, match is really easy. Exit match is. I'm definitely going to give give a roll. I think we can um, we can get a
0: good good batch together <laughs> for that. And yeah, you know, like, i just thinking about doing that with like 15 people. <laughs> it's gonna be
1: awesome chaos you know? insane. Yeah. It's insane with four people. <laughs> just, you know, because everybody's everyone. Like if you're doing headsets, oh definitely. It's the best. Oh, you gotta you gotta shut you talk. to it. <laughs>
0: have to tell on somebody. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You also have to. say uh, he's
1: going for the exit. He's going for the exit. He's almost there. And like
0: you <laughs> know, the uh, death tag one is you know, like I say, it became skull tag, and that you know, very similar to capture the flag kind of modes and domination, all those kind of like, tactical yeah. plays. This exit, man, like I've never seen anyone play anything like it. It's just you know Competitive, yep. violent speedrunning.
1: <laughs> <I'd like, laughs> yeah, like for, for one point. Yeah,
0: it's good. It's <laughs> going to be good. And like you say, like you play Doom 2, everyone knows the maps so well, you, you know, then little shortcuts and stuff. And I uh, think. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, Let it on the people list. go
1: flip switches. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to flip the switch because they know you're waiting <laughs> by the door. You know, like there's all kinds of Someone else comes and kills
0: stuff. you. And yeah, it's like, fuck, i no, go back to the beginning. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: It's tough. It's tough because when four people are chaotically. Out for themselves, mm. they will pretend to be on one person's side. You I'll know, a little, little shoot yeah. in the back—it's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Shifting
0: allegiances. The,
1: the <laughs> like, I know it is the nuttiest style.
0: Yeah, it's like I'm like I don't trust you. You killed me in the last map. I'm not trusting you. I'm not helping you this time.
1: I yeah. could trust that guy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ah sounds great. Um <laughs> This one from the motherload. Uh, what was the experience working with uh, people like Flambo and Uber Guay, and I guess everyone involved in that helped you from the Classic Doom community uh, making Sigil, um, and yeah. kind of like what was, what was it like kind of touching in with with those those kind of people?
1: Um, it was really great. You know, there, even though it's easy to make Doom levels because the editor is is easy to use, there's so much technical information in those files that Like, I needed a team of these five experts Mm. to to basically be able to look at everything that was in there, find anything that's screwed up. They have their own tools and shit that they can run over these maps. I don't even have those tools. They have multiple node builders. I need me some
0: experts, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so these guys are really, really great, and they're ready pretty much at any time as well. Like, Mm. Like, I would send them a level... And uh, like like the level that I that I finished for Sigil Two, they've already like burned through it and everything. It's like done. It's solid, you know. And uh, you know, and it's really nice having them there to just make sure it's as perfect as possible even though I might need to fix something later, but those, I'm not going to have to do five or six versions mm. of oh, six there's, cool, always,
0: you know. there's always bugs that pop out after public releases, like, you know, even though star testers are going to miss the odd thing, but yeah, it must be really cool to be able to, you know, tap into, you know, a trustworthy group of people who have been playing Doom for decades kind of thing, and, and, yeah. and like you say, have that technical Absolutely. knowledge as well to be able to, like, help you fix stuff and um, you know, testing things like co-op compatibility and multiplayer and on various ports, you know, stuff that you know, I'm sure you, know. you don't have the time to do that.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, the limit room moving stuff and the chocolate doom and the yep. you name it doom. Yep. Um, they <laughs> they run it on every it's just awesome. Yep. They're just invaluable. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> and like on that was no, real cool to see Jimmy um,
0: um yeah. Jimmy Middy's on the on the sigil soundtrack and yeah, obviously Buckethead's very talented, but you know, um uh, Jimmy um Probably one of the biggest contributors to classic doom um like ever yeah he's <laughs> awesome. uh fantastic guy and yeah. really talented. Uh, so that was you know seeing seeing his name on there was like oh yeah that's that's cool <laughs> of course he had to have jimmy MIDI in there <laughs> he definitely he, it's the it's the lore i'm pretty sure every doom mod release test has a jimmy
2: um, yeah <laughs>
0: i think so I've got some Yeah, I think we've, so we've got a couple of questions from King Dime, but I think we've covered off um, covered off those Yeah,
2: I've already answered those. <laughs>
0: yeah, ah, not King Dime. Um, yeah, the question yeah. just around like the hellish theme for for first for Sigil, how it's like darker and um, yeah you know, more more evil. But yeah, you, know, you talked about how it was a progression point from Episode Four, yeah, you know, thematically and between that and Episode Two, it makes sense for it to be more hellish.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a purpose. That was definitely on purpose to make to make um, something that was more satanic than doom actually is. Cause doom does not, is not like a super Satan, the kind of, you know, design. Yeah. Not overtly, like yeah. our version of hell. It's like, here's a weird version of hell, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, maybe it's different because it's the future. And, you know we're, we're talking about you know sometime you know many years from now that we find hell so hell has changed mm. and it's this stuff but i wanted to have something that was just more classically hell yep. and uh more like with baphomet having that cool cover um yes. that just is like badass metal yep, yep. album cover, <laughs> yeah <you
0: know? laughs> definitely has that that yeah metal album metal album cover feel that um that uh that big sigil logo and yeah that's very distinctive in the on my mug. Um, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know it, it has that nastier vibe to it. Um, you know, yeah, just down to the lighting levels; it's all dark and and claustrophobic. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then I don't know if you played with the Buckethead soundtrack, but the fifth level, uh, Ab- Abaddon's uh, Void, is the, the Buckethead sound on that is so different than every other level, and it's supposed to feel it's supposed to be an E three M six style level yep but like disturbing <laughs> so the buckethead soundtrack uh, that goes with that the, the song that goes with that is just really weird and mm-hmm. makes the whole place feel like more hellish i think than anything else because everything else is kind of a really cool metal song but that sound there has nothing to do with metal and it's just disturbing mm-hmm. and it's like I was actually playing a lot of the Sigil levels with a bunch of music that he did. That's in that style. I was like, I could do a whole set of levels just in <laughs> this stuff. Like, these are these are crazy. You know, like these songs are just nuts, but they go so well with. It's with amazing the levels, just how much being scary. Yeah, how much uh,
0: that's the soundtrack and a, a specific track for a map can actually change how it plays. Like you know, yeah. that say, it's a dark, dissonant. You oppressive know, sound of the player Like, they naturally start playing A bit more conservatively A bit more cautious Going around corners And, and it does actually affect Their experience And, um, yeah. you know, I, I think I'd love to see You know, more of that In Sigil 2 You know uh, You playing on that That kind of Yeah, dissonant um, Slightly yep. wacky Kind of kind of stuff to, to really mess with the player in, in all the right ways
1: Yep, yeah I have more levels to play with So I can do things like that now Excellent <laughs>
0: So it will be a full 32 Sigil 2? Yeah, it'll be, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. No, we're, we're, all very ex- we're all very excited. Very excited. Um, a question from uh, not Um And uh, I know you said you, you had a limited time, so if, you, if you're running short, let me know and we'll, we'll, we'll end it. Um, but uh, otherwise, we'll just keep working through these. Um, roughly with uh, Doom and Quake, uh, how much of the level design was pre-planned? Um, and how much of it was, hey, look at this cool thing. And, yeah, I, I think we've covered very much look at this cool thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was. Yeah, there wasn't pre-planning. It was all um, just an experience in creation. Mm. It was like as we were making it, it was being made real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it was not like a huge, there was not a huge pipeline involved in making those levels. Mm. It was like, I'm going to start working on a level and I'm just going to make it until I feel like it's good. Yep. Like like sigil, you know, like sigil's levels. It's just make it and keep on working on it. Get feedback, make it better. Get more feedback, make it better. Fix things. Um, But the design. Sometimes you know there'll be some design stuff in sigil that had to change just because of awkward uh, ports Mm. or um, you know just some other little things. You know, so I would change. Definitely change. the levels depending on the feedback from the experts. Yep. Um, if, if a design thing was just like, here's what you want to do, here's what you're trying to do, but here's an actual better way to do it because of this weird technical thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, no problem, fix it. Did you
0: find, <laughs> did you have that kind of process? Um, like, you know, you have an idea and you start following it through and, but then you have a different idea and you, you deviate heavily from a, like a core concept. Did, you, did that happen much and just like go off on a, you know, what is essentially a wild tangent of design?
1: No, I, when I'm working on level, I just stay on the level until I'm done. Yep. I don't like jump from this level to another level I'm, because I want the I want the consistency there, and um, I just want I, like I want to to make it the right size and uh, just I don't I don't want to be sidetracked mm. onto something else. You know, I want to just focus. So each level in Sigil was made and done. Next, yep. made and done. Uh, I didn't pop around all over the place. It was, it was done in, you know, the, the, the seventh level, actually, it was supposed to be the fifth level, but because it ended up being so big, I made it the seventh level mm. and then I popped over to, I think the third level and then went up to the sixth level, you know, so it was like back and forth until I made the first level last. Mm.
0: Um. So like, would you, uh, would you always start at the beginning of a map, building it and build it in the way, the progression that you play it?
1: Yeah, typically, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I did. I started somewhere, but then I made that not the beginning. Mm-hmm. I made it another place the beginning. Most of the time, it is where I start. Right. though. Yeah, I tend to. I yeah. tend I did
0: I, I start wherever I've got the coolest ideas. Like oh, I'm just going to start here. I don't know what part of the you're gonna be. So it's actually going to be. So it's interesting talking to people who yeah. do build in a more sequential, you know, the way that it's played. And um, yeah, there's yeah, nothing wrong with either way. But um, uh, you know, I can definitely see the attraction <laughs> of like a you know that kind of structured. Room and it goes into that, but then it goes into that, but then it goes into
1: that, but um, yeah. That if you have a, a bunch of ideas at the very beginning, like there were levels in Quake that I did draw on paper, you know, just because I had a cool idea and I just want to get it out on paper really mm. quick and then try to replicate it as much as possible. But of course, it'll deviate. But um, I have several levels in Quake that I've drawn right. already um, just because the time commitment on those levels could not, I couldn't screw up
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right because there was not time to like get the game done and have a level that I have to rebuild mm. so it was important that I got as much done you know designed beforehand if possible yeah go with um, it. so I did do a that. clear
0: plan and try yeah look like, from what you said it was a painful thing to, to rework stuff so you know time so yeah, uh, yeah. like got this cool idea and not sure if it's gonna work ah you get halfway through the map and it's falling apart
1: <laughs> it's like yeah a lot of, oh, of waste yeah. time yeah um, um, yeah we didn't have that happen on quake um but we you yeah, know there was some pre-design mm-hmm. yeah
0: um, um got a question from blake um what what are the what's the most what's the most important lesson you learned during level creation uh, and is there anything you regret doing i mean yeah. the most important lesson is um, a tough one uh, i think i, I think that they have fun which um, one so yeah. You know, what's the most important lesson? Is a probably a pretty tough question. Oh, um, but
1: um. Well, scope. Scope is number one. Scope. Um. Just like how how long, how long is usually what I go by. Like how long should it take to get through this level? Hmm. Um. It's not the size. It's the length of time. Mm-hmm. So you know, am I gonna make a lot of times? I do. Like I don't make a bunch of wasted space in the level. It's like it is the, like you have explored the whole space. Hopefully. By the time hmm. that level's done, I don't have a, a million empty rooms going off, or just like too much side stuff. Um, I like having extra stuff there for secrets, but not, but still contained within the area that I'm building in. A lot of times, my secrets are hidden inside the architecture of the, yep. the normal flow. Um, I don't like stick a room way, way, way somewhere really <laughs> mm, far away, way off the big <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't do that. Um, but uh, but like for me. Uh, reusing space is a big deal mm-hmm. because that gets people more used to the the design of the level. So they, w- I want them to see the same lo- stuff over and over again. Yeah, hundred really. percent. level unlock, mm-hmm. you know, open up, change a little bit because it helps, um, helps like cement my... the
0: space in the player's mind. If you can bring them around yeah. the same areas, or like yes, you know, like back to that the living in, you're seeing it from multiple angles. You have got a really good sense of the space uh, as a player.
1: Yep. I also like um, revealing stuff. I really like you know in in uh, E1M4B that I did in 2016. um, There's a really cool that level just opens up constantly, which is really cool. And then Cages of the Damned, which is E5M3, um, I kind of do that where you just like I open up the the walls. Mm, That was cool. Yeah. Oh jeez, look at all. You know, so I like (laughs) things like that. Like to reveal stuff that's hidden that's been there, Um, which is funny because that's like what happened in Quake. Like when you're in the start map of Quake. And you've gone through all four episodes and you come back and then the floor is gone. Mm. And this and the stairway that goes down to the end has been there the entire time that you've been playing Quake and you mm. never could get to it, you know. Um, yeah, so cool. I like that. <laughs>
0: um, so it's actually yeah. um, a medieval visit so we see- as well uh, with the hub episode hub map, there's a, yeah, when you go through everything, then the floor like opens up and there's this big portal. It's like, yes,
1: (laughs) it was there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you can hear it, Mm, you know, because those teleporters in quake have that sound Mm. that you can hear. Um, so yeah, I like, I like secrets. I have, I, I I think one of the most important things is to have a list of design goals. That's that are either for every level Mm. or like, like for the whole thing. Or just per level, so having like, have you done four secrets minimum per level? Um, You know, do you have uh, a certain number of monsters? Are like, which which level? uh, Which weapon is given to you, and which weapon is a secret on this level? Mm -hmm. And how does that progress on every level? Yep. Um, Just like making up those those ideas and rules at the beginning before starting to go in, so you know. Because I don't make maps in sequential order if i start in the middle of the level i'll know okay this is the level where the the plasma gun yep. is given to the player or the bfg or something like that mm-hmm. and um you know stuff like that so so i know from like it was funny when i was making sigil and i was i made the seventh level first <laughs> and when they were testing it they were like holy crap how's the player going to even know about those eyes <laughs> Ah, yeah, and just, and i'm like don't worry about it. I'm going go to we'll plan to go train. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. First level will train them. That won't be a problem by this time. You should not have that many eyes and you should be mm-hmm. looking for them to get secret stuff. So, you know, so seven was more of a, uh, secret eyes mm-hmm. kind of revert more towards secret things instead of the obvious path yep. stuff. So like you have more obvious path early and then it kind of turned into more secrets later. So, that was um, that was a thing. And it was funny because, yeah, the testers were, uh, the, the you know, the tech gurus were like, holy crap. And I was like, don't worry about it. It's going to be really mm-hmm. fucking cool. Yeah, I imagine, uh, like, if, if I tested <laughs> the that first
0: level. That first, like, this is a bit obscure. I'm like, how are people going to pick up on this? Like, <laughs> I you got you covered,
1: like. Especially that um, level six's secret, uh, secret eye that opens up the secret level. That one, that opens up the secret wall to get to the secret level. Yep. Uh, that is probably the hardest secret in the game, I'd say, on level six. Yeah, I didn't find that one.
0: <laughs>
1: I had to, I had to yeah, walk to the secret map. <laughs> and that and it is, a, and it's a tough. Actually, it's a tough secret level. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It
0: was actually probably one of the hardest maps um, uh, in the set. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, and that one had those little posts that came down and would just destroy you. Yes.
0: I'd seen people. I'd seen people squish by those, so I, I need to be careful. <laughs> Yeah, those are mean. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, it's just a small crusher. It's like, it'll be fine.
1: I know, and it's the only place, it's the only level where I use something like yeah. that. I mean, otherwise, like, level four has the giant ones, mm-hmm. the big crusher room. Um, So people get used to that. I actually revised that and made it easier later. Yeah, that's... No, um, <laughs> that's actually, I think, like, to so talk about, like, uh, you
0: know, you talked about scope at first, and, like, that all that kind of stuff is actually still sort of scope, like design scope and... Um, you know, your progression yeah. of weapons through. And, like, yeah, pre-planning that kind of stuff, I think, is, you know, it doesn't lock you into specific map ideas. Um, but having yeah, a rough idea of progression and, like, yeah, teaching the player, well, we're going to use this gimmick or this this mechanic that's going to reiterate through, yeah.
1: and, you know, when are we going to introduce it, how are yeah, going to so present it. And, if you're coming up, yeah, if you're going to come up with an outline of lo- a level collection, then you would basically say uh, crushers, teleporters, um, jumps, uh, you know, like all kinds of different things mm. that you could focus on on those levels. And uh, and then it's like you could do that early on and you can start mixing them up yep. as you go yeah, like down, s- down the road. Yeah, you know, the first four maps might present a new idea in
0: each one and then from you know, five onwards you start mixing them together because the player's comfortable with it and, yeah. and it's not going to feel too crowded because yeah, maybe you've got yeah, jump pads in map two and then they reappear in map five, but alongside... Huh you know, a Baphomet shoot-eye mechanic and you have to jump on a pad and shoot the eye, but because you've been taught those things yeah. already, it's it's much more natural to grasp, whereas if you throw the player into that right from the start, they're going to be very confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, from uh, the Evil Grin, uh, when you created Doom, was making it a base for other creations part of the goal, um, or was that an aspect only... Um, that developed after so i guess yeah was it was was it the intention for doom to be moddable you know people to make custom content for
1: yeah so um when we began working on doom in january of 93 we put out a press release (laughs) so we're about to start on a new game Mm. we put a press release out (laughs) saying we're going to make the best game i saw that yeah (laughs)
0: I was looking at an old inter- uh, yeah, an older interview and it's like that is balls. <laughs> I know.
1: And and the and the one of the most important things on there was an open game and basically saying we're going to allow everybody to mod this thing like Excellent. crazy. Yep. And that was in the press release as we started working on it. Wow. So, so yeah, we, we came up with that idea early, right from the beginning. And like
0: you know, yeah, much like multiplayer, like I'd say that that probably. For me personally, anyway, would, would have been the biggest thing for keeping it going is like,
2: yeah,
0: people can make people want, want more Doom. They can play more Doom. They can make their own Doom, and, yeah. and they want it to be harder. Well, they can make it harder, you know. They, and um, yeah, you know, here you are back making maps, you know, for for the episodes, you know, twenty five yeah, like years crazy. later. Um, and I, I <laughs> I'd say, you, know, you that probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the fact that people have been making content Modern, for yeah. yeah for for those twenty five years, and it's a huge, thriving community, you know, you know good market for. Mr. Romero to come and make a, you know, a new episode.
1: There, yeah, I mean, if people, if there wasn't already, if there wasn't a community of people playing, playing and making stuff, I would never hmm. have done extra stuff. Yeah, and um, like I don't, I didn't make Wolfenstein levels. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> didn't make I'll never make new ones, you know. Yeah. So it's like I didn't do that. It wasn't. Uh, it was the modable game. You can hmm. mod it, but it's also. A uh, game that uh just is very limited in its design palette and it's not worth it for me to, to you know unless it's a i mean the new wolfensteins obviously there are full new engines and all that that's totally a different thing but like to use the original one yeah you do, just you do
0: come across the odd one. the odd wolf 3d modder they do they're, they're those hipsters <laughs> those very uh, um <laughs> interesting people they do they are out there but they are few and far between um yeah. Um, although that's interesting, there have been a couple of games come out. Um, I think of Project Warlock. That, you know, obviously visually, you know, much more a bit of an upgrade, but same kind of design premise, flat levels, very cubular. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's still, it's still actually like a cubular. cubular. <laughs> it's a technical term. <laughs> I haven't
2: heard that
0: before. <laughs> it's going to be in the Merriam dictionary uh, next year. Cubular. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, there is still, uh, you know, an, an attraction to that kind of design concept, but like you say, the Wolf 3D engine just that limited. Um, yeah, has, yeah. Had, had source port upgrades like like Doom and Quake have. And yeah. <laughs> so uh, this actually flows nicely into the next question from one DM Phobos. Um, has there been any influence uh, on your work from community creations uh, for both? Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's um, a lot of really good ideas. Like I, I, I like to look at community stuff to see what people are doing. Um, like when, when I was starting on sigil, I had to design, I had to decide that the aesthetic was going to be, uh, levels that could have been made back then. Mm -mm. I'm not going to go nuts. I'm going to make stuff that, that is, that felt like an incremental, like Rafter episode four, you play episode five and it feels like it was made the next year or that That old
0: school, old school feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to do that on purpose. Um, but like new levels have all kinds of cool stuff in it. Um, but I look for, usually I look for design ideas more than I look for technical things. Right. Um, yeah, if I'm going to make more sigil stuff, as I'm making more sigil stuff, I'll look at what's out there, but, um, I won't be looking at like, Oh, look at how much detail they put on something. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm not, it's for me, it's more about the gameplay and feeling like you're playing something right after doom two came out. Um, so I guess it's more like you play so, something and you might be like, "Oh, that's a cool way to use that monster."
0: You know, rather than like yeah, look at exactly. that amazing three D facade that someone created. You know, um, you know, If you want to stay with that old school kind of feel, it's more like, mm, yep. "What's what? A cool, what's a cool way to use the, the archive Oh, I haven't thought about them that way before." Ooh, that's not, a yeah, bad idea. exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's what I. That's what I would look at mm-hmm. more than I would look at detail kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and that's an easier one to. Um, to to build off i think like um rather than trying to copy a, a particular like aesthetic concept um, yeah you know you can go and play a whole lot of you know new doom mods and go hmm there's some good ideas in there um, just get the cogs yeah. where and you start thinking about the kind of encounters you might want to make yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a question from capelli um would Wolfenstein 3D or Doom have existed if you uh, jumped immediately into the idea for Quake after the Keen series? Um, he says you teased Quake in the Keen series, um, but had no idea what to make of it yet after Keen. Um, did the concepts for Wolf at 3D and Doom already exist before, before you teased Quake? Or did the ID software come up with them only after the teaser? So I guess it's like just the order, oh, of, the order of ideas, like what sequence did they happen in? Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, they first were finishing Keen 1 through 3. We were putting the readme file kind of stuff together, read this in the menu. Um, this is like something you should never do in a game, which is say what your next game is <laughs>
0: yeah. inside of it. Probably not probably not the best uh, business decision. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know, but it was a, it was a thing back in the Shower days. People did that. That's true, so, that's true. We so we had the idea like, Oh yeah, we gotta make this game about Quake. That'd be so great. So let's yeah, we're all excited about it. And we start working on it at the beginning of ninety one. And then in fact we started working on it before we even left Soft Disk. Right. Um so we started working we probably worked on it for maybe two weeks and it was just it was a top down RPG ish kind of thing, but it was like, you know what? Quake is better than this. <laughs> you know, like we don't have the tech yet,
2: mm-hmm. so let's
1: not do it. I just don't see this being the next thing for us. Right. So we decided to just immediately shelve it and start working on um, – yeah, start basically – start work. we were working on um, Dangerous Dave and the Haunted Mansion at oh, that time. I remember Dangerous so, Dave. Right, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> so so we did the Keen stuff. Had the idea for Quake, tried to make it, didn't look good. was Mm. not going to be worth, like, it was not going to be the quality level that we wanted. So we just basically made Dangerous Dave, and we made all of our 1991 games, including Keen uh, 4, 5, and 6. And then when we finished those games and shipped them in December again, when we started, uh, when we came back from vacation, we were going to make Keen 7, 8, 9 immediately. Right. So we started on Keen 7. And we made VGA parallaxing demo first oh, to get the tech working, and that's when I was just like, you know what, we're fucking done making Wolfenstein. So <laughs> yeah, enough enough you know, side scroller platformers. Yep, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, totally. Man, we just got done with Catacomb 3D, and we could do something even cooler than that. Mm-hmm. And and I just I we were just up late at night, and I just said, why don't we make a 3D version of Wolfenstein? Mm-hmm. And then everybody was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Because we loved Castle <laughs> Wolfenstein. It was immediate. It was not yeah, even like, "Yes, we're doing that." Bang, so yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So let's do it. So we did. That's that's what we. That's how that happened. Um, yeah. So yeah, oh, that's interesting. So I, I didn't, We still waited.
0: I didn't know that about Quake. Like that, you actually attempted to make it that far back, and like, yeah, that it was uh oh no we're not really the the world the tech you know isn't out there to to create what yeah, we, bought, we had not life yeah that's that would have been a pretty pretty ballsy you know big kind of watershed moment i imagine this um, you yeah. suck some time if into you, it you, you
1: know and like, nah, not it was rare yeah it was rare for us we usually i mean back then we we're making games in two months yeah so we would we would come up with an idea and we just map boom slam it's mm. done and it was rare. We we there was another game that we were going to make in the fall of 1991 that we didn't. It's called Complete Planetary Domination. Uh, we didn't make it's it. Quite a quite a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We didn't we didn't make it because we decided to make Catacomb 3D hmm. instead at that time. Um, and at the same time that we we're making Catacomb 3D, we we're also making Keen Four, Five, and Six yep. at the same time. Um, so yeah, Busy, that was, busy, we, busy we boys. we made ten. We made 10 games in 91, Man, because um, we're making two games at a time, usually.
0: Did you have anything um, to do with the original 2D Catacomb game,
1: the top-down one? So that was John Carmack's original game. So I so loved he, that game as a kid. It, <laughs> it was really good. It was so good. good. You know, yeah, it yeah, really was good. very gauntlet. It was like the PC gauntlet. You know? mm. And uh, when I hired John at Softdisk, I gave him an Apple II computer and just told him, I don't have the room yet for our... our division uh, for our special new new game disc i don't have that yet but in the meantime make something and we'll give it to the apple II department so he made a game called catacomb on the apple II, and then when we when i finally got the department together and we're all in the same room marketing told us that we needed to have two games in one month man (laughs) (laughs) because they're going to use it for marketing so i'm like okay we can do this Um, why don't you take catacomb you just made it do a pc version of it and i made a game called dangerous dave a couple years ago and what i'll do is i'll port it and i'll do that this month as well so we we made both of those games in that one month including the shell program that you run and Mm -hmm. and it lets you run the, the the you know run each game and advertisements and all that shit all that stuff in one month and then we finally started working on a game together which was called slordax
0: that's like, it's incredible, like, uh, you know, everyone knows about you know, the big stuff like Keenan and Doom and Quake and that, but yeah, you know, you know, it's easy to forget that, um, you know, you guys had your fingers in many, many pies making your tuning, you know, tuning games out. And, oh, yeah. And they're all like, like you're like, oh, it's not so much that the games are forgotten or bad or anything, it's just people don't realise the associations and the, the connections and it. It's um, so, like, oh, I remember playing that. That was great. Oh, that was yeah, that was Romero and Carmack, you know?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Totally. Yeah, like Shadow Knight's. Uh, Slordax and Shadow Knights, Dangerous Dave, Rescue Rover One and Two, Hover Tank, Catacomb 3D, Keen Dreams, <laughs> Keen Four, Five and Six. You know, like all these games like that we made before Wolfenstein. And then with Wolfenstein, it was like we're going to not have a due date on this game. Yeah. Finally, we're just going to make it, and it'll take as long as it takes. Mm. And it took us four months. Yeah, and you still, <laughs> still churned it out. You
0: guys must have. We yeah. still burned it out. Amazing product-
1: production was oh yeah we, we before we even got together we would make games on our own that would take just weeks mm-hmm. you know weeks maybe a month max or something and so we were making games all of us like Tom Hall made so many games mm-hmm. before we got together John Carmack made a bunch and he'd even published his games. I had made a bunch and published my game. So when we got together, we'd already had tons of experience. Because mm, I always thought of the ID crew as like, you know, a new thing,
0: just some, you know, almost like college kids getting together to try and make a game for the first time. But no, you're all actually hardened professionals, you know. <laughs> we had, Yeah, we
1: had ten, 10 years at least each mm, that's already really cool. making games.
0: Well, that, that, that <laughs> kind of explains to a degree why things like they were so good when they came out. So you, you had done that; it gone through that iterative process and experimentation and ideas that don't work and or um, not work quite as well as you think. And um, by the time you, you know making these big, yeah. big, big ticket ones, it's like, yes, they're going to be good. Yeah. And no QA team. <laughs> Who needs that? Who tests things? <laughs> um, uh, for Mr. Romero, how is the game dev scene in Ireland? Um, do you find much help locally or from elsewhere? Um, uh, and I never thought of Ireland as a booming game development scene. Um, but you're obviously succeeding very nicely.
1: Um. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, there's a lot of investment in game companies in Ireland as well. So it's oh, that's good. It's um, it's just getting better. Yeah, it's better than it's ever been. So and it just keeps on going mm-hmm. up. So we're just happy to be part of the scene.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a nice country as well. And uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, New Zealand's doing similar things, like there's you know some government grants and stuff. And the game industry is definitely starting to take off here, and it's cool seeing. I think, like with the the strength of like social media and the internet, and it's easy to develop things with scattered teams. Now you can essentially set up shop wherever you want, wherever it's most comfy. Yeah, happy yep. happy devs, uh, productive devs, and um, and get yep. to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'll do one more question, then I gotta go. Uh,
0: no, that's all good. Um, oh, okay, here's a, here's a good one. Um, this is from uh, Arlene again. Um, how does developing games nowadays differ from? Um, yeah, you know, say back in the early nineties. Um.
1: <laughs> Completely different. <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's not even close. It's so different. There's nothing that's the same.
0: Is it <laughs> okay? Nothing, is it, none of the tools? Is it better? Like you, you say, it's a better time to make games now, or is it just different?
1: Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely better. Um, yeah, because now, um, because there's so many tools that that help you make games you can focus more on the design of mm. your game than, you know, like if you're making a game by yourself today, like you're going to make an iOS game or something, um, you can focus more on the design of your game now and get it done faster than you could back in the 80s mm. because back then you there were no engines. You had to write all of it yourself. You mm. had to design it yourself but it was hard to design anything really big because your head was full of assembly language and mm. where in memory every variable was at. And all of the weird tricks and techniques that you had to do to just get a character on the screen moving at any reasonable speed. So you were back in the day. You're you're focused on performance and just making things work. And little mm. was used in the design side. Where nowadays that shit's yep. taken care of you for you. And I can just focus on design.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would have I would have assumed that that would have been the the answer because yeah, if someone is getting into that kind of stuff, there's you know powerful engines with editing tools already out there assets you can just go and grab to start building levels and, and testing gameplay and getting right into the fun stuff not having to like you say have a head yeah. full of code
2: <laughs> um, yeah
0: totally yeah all right um no right, look i uh, uh, really appreciate your time uh, john i know we've gone a bit over uh, so th- oh. thank you very much and uh, it was an absolute pleasure yeah
1: great thanks a lot i had fun
0: ah thank you and um yeah uh, uh go go play john romero's games i mean everyone yeah, no, knows doom but uh you know uh, <laughs> yeah. still making games romero games is a, a thriving company um they don't just make yeah. fps um and uh yeah we'll look forward to seeing more from you uh in the future especially sigil 2 thanks a lot yeah all
1: right all right cheers john see you, everybody have fun <laughs>